Hello, welcome to We Don't Talk About the Weather, political discussion that from the outside may sound like screaming and crying. I'm Adam, this is Hugh, mm-hmm. and we have special guest, American commentator Rob. Uh, hello, thank you for having me back, boys. Happy to be here. I don't think yeah. Rob counts as American commentator anymore. No. Uh, well, foreign affairs. Foreign affairs and office of visual novels. <laughs> Just on the high street. That's true. <laughs> foreign affairs. Yeah. yeah. Um, so we this is our long-awaited 2019 awards episode. It was a long year, a long year full of tool at number one in the charts, mm-hmm. World of Warcraft being re-released, and a long-running prestige TV show that everyone had theories about that just ended disappointingly. So basically, this is the mid 2000s. Yeah, it's great. We're back, baby. <laughs> I'm young again. <laughs> I'm young again. <laughs> Your hair. <laughs> no, my hair grew back. Don't you understand? World of Warcraft. Your tall, hair grew back like lost. <laughs> lost. Game of Thrones. It's fine. Yep. Uh, yeah, we are going to run through a number of categories. Uh, if your favourite moment isn't here, it's because I had to sacrifice a lot to get this down to some kind of manageable size. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we start with. The Leave the Memories Alone Award for Best Change UK Memory. So Will is... you remember me? <laughs> we should have some kind of video. There should be some kind of I like will remember WWE you. video package of like Don't in black and white and then going into colour. Pass you back. <laughs> uh, start with Pop Quiz. All right, pop okay. Quiz Hot Shots. Uh, so... We know that Cucktig went through a lot of name changes. They did. Oh. Can you identify what the political grouping made up of former Labour MPs and Tory MPs was called on these dates? On these dates? Yes. This is very hard. This is going to be very hard. Okay. It's not. Um, June 2019. The Gang of Boar. And I will take my place. Nice. <laughs> what have I got to do to you? I'm sorry. What was the date? Uh, June 2019. They were full cuck tig by then, weren't they? Were they... Or tig cuck. Were they the independent group for change? Correct. They were. That's what they had to change to after Anna Soubry announced that (laughs) in Parliament that their website was change.org, which it wasn't. I think she said the party was called change.org, actually. And that was when they were being sued by them. You can hear this half-hearted chucker saying, actually, it's change UK. (laughs) Uh, February 2019. Oh, that's just, that's just, is that change.org? No, that's the independent group. Ah, well done. Yes, that was the first name they had. Uh, <laughs> July 2019. That'll be full cut tick then. No, it was the independents. That was actually a trick question. Okay. The independents were a non-party group formed of Woodcock, Berger, Smith, <laughs> Allen and Shooker when they left. Oh change God. UK. Oh I love that they split again. Uh Adding a sec- an alleged sex pest to their ranks. <laughs> <Yeah>. ja- <laughs> Which one? Uh, Woodcock, right? Yeah, Woodcock. Oh, yeah. Uh, and yeah. Oh, yeah. Actually, no, I don't think Kevin Shooker's a sex pest. He just wouldn't stop having affairs. <laughs> oh, yeah, he was a, oh. he's a churchy guy, isn't he? He was a churchy guy who was made to leave a churchy style because he wouldn't stop having affairs. Well, that's all about board. It is all about board. <laughs> it's in the Bible. It is in the Bible. <laughs> Multiple wives. Yeah. Um, January 2019. Oh. Uh, this is before the official announcement. What were they called? The Independents? No. Gemini A Limited, which what? was the uh, was limited the corporation company. company. Is that a Mega Man boss? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, and oh. finally, April 2019. Okay, I don't know. I'm thinking Change UK. It's the classic. Change UK, the independent group. 
Cuck Dig itself. Uh, they ran into trouble. Uh, although they got the name registered, they ran into trouble after their emblem, which contained a hashtag with the use of the acronym TIG, was rejected by the Electoral Commission. That's right. That's it wasn't right. their name, but it was their emblem. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that's uh, that's that's all of Change UK's names over the over the the I was about to say the years they existed for about five months. Well, they were an important group that they could have they were going to change everything and it's in the name. So many journalists thought they would change everything. Oh yeah, so many. There was they all put their hopes on them. It's a, it was adorable. It's like they they like they did it with Jess Phillips in this in the run up to this election into this run up to this leadership election. And then you've seen some of the pictures of her little meetings. Yeah, they're amazing. Yeah, but are they at Nando's? No, they're not mm, at Nando's. Mm. Yeah. Um, so your favourite memory. Okay. Okay. Some of these are concepts, some of these are actual events, whatever. Uh Chukaramuna's general cowardice. <laughs> bottled it for so long he booked a I don't know if anyone remembers this but I think a couple of days or a week before the actual proper announcement he booked a room in Portcullis House he did and then didn't show up yep and he was never leader of Change UK. No. He was really acting like he was and then he brought in literal Tory Heidi Allen. Yeah. yeah. Because to hedge well, his there, bets? Yeah, well there's there's like there's like the rumors like is is it like there was that joke he made about how he had like a cousin in Boko Haram? Oh yeah. Oh god. And you know that you could look at the, the maybe there's something in his past that he doesn't want to get out, or maybe he is just a coward. <laughs> and like he's convinced, like he was like, okay, this change UK thing doesn't look like it's gonna go well. Heidi Allen could take the flag for it. Well, it's like all it's like all common modern like all common like ideas about modern canniness, like mm. political skill is basically cowardice. It's being able to not answer the question or not be there yeah. when you can be blamed for something. It's never about putting anything positive forward. You no. know? Yeah. Um, so we also have... Next we have Funny Tinge. Oh, Funny Tinge. On the first morning that Change UK was announced, Angela Smith went on, I think it was BBC or Sky, and was on BBC. there with Ash, Ash Sarkar and... Uh, was saying other races or, you know, a funny tinge. And she was gesturing weirdly. And gesturing. (laughs) (laughs) On the very first morning. I mean, it must have been within about 40 minutes. And just with the announcement. um, She's a powerful, powerful figure in Labour politics. Powerful mind. Yeah. um, uh, She... Like she wrote an article about how you should never privatize water, how you should never nationalize water. <laughs> While being works. on the payroll, yeah, and her husband working for a lobby group for privatizing water for our water companies. Um, that's literally the only article I can mm. think that she ever did, apart until Change UK, when there was a lot of stop telling me off. <laughs> <laughs> but a lot of people did say that she was a powerful. Yeah, figure. I mean, she certainly ha- has um, a lot of uh, powerfully expensive. Ex- uh, Expense claims. Oh yeah, she does have a lot. Yeah. Oh yeah. She was like the the top uh, yeah. during the scandal, wasn't she? All for bottled water. House flipping. <laughs> because she, she knows. She also bought a uh, uh, like a really expensive uh, uh, like nature photography camera, and was like, oh well, I need it for my campaign. <laughs> <laughs> well, to be fair. Her supporters are so few and far between. It's like taking a picture of a bird in flight. <laughs> I just like the idea that she was buying bo- bottle after bottle of water because it's like, what well, all you lefties love state support for industry. <laughs> um, 
next we have uh, Trucker's own dog whistling. Um, I think it was a couple of days after uh, the announcement of Change UK. Um, about 30 minutes into an interview on Channel 4's Ways to Change the World podcast, Trucker suggested Euro immigrants are failing to integrate by not learning to make traditional English, English dishes like apple strudel. Says he's just an <laughs> MP who happens to be black as opposed to a black MP. Ah, yes. <laughs> Says he went to leave towns and they're not all racists. They just think Englishness is being diluted in their towns. And the solution is immigrants learning to make shepherd's pie, like his dad did. And apple strudel. <laughs> you know, his dad was uh, assassinated. What? His dad uh, was a either a Nigerian politician or a, 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 an assistant to, a, I think, a Nigerian politician. Yeah. And uh, was, I believe, there's a conspiracy theory about him being killed. Let me just double check that. So I'm By the great Paruti. Yeah, presumably. <laughs> <laughs> I assume everyone involved in Nigerian politics is somehow connected to the Great Power Uti because you don't just get... You don't just give yourself the name Great Power Uti. You earn that through your connections to Great Power. Like Chaka Ramuna's dad. I think it's, like hard to, it's hard to imagine Chaka Ramuna's dad actually being a politician. I can imagine him being an assistant to a politician in many the same... Like much the same way that Chaka Ramuna's always the assistant. Mm. <laughs> uh, yeah. Friends of a former Crystal Palace FC director for his death 20 years ago was the result of an assassination, not an accident. Bennett Amuna, known to Ben as his friends, was killed in Nigeria on April the 1st, 1992, after his car ploughed into a truck carrying logs. <laughs> the father of Streatham MP, Trucker Amuna. It's like a car carrying log reversed into him. Well, no, you can cut the brakes yeah. or you can force him off the road, yeah. you know. He had put himself forward to be governor of Anambra, a state in southeastern Nigeria, only a few weeks before he died, but he lost the vote. He was not acting normally the way he died, according to Mr. Nodes, uh, the chairman of Crystal Palace at the time. He didn't have his usual driver and he wasn't travelling by day either. There were so many things that were out of character. My well, he surely is that he was assassinated. <laughs> Uh, next on the list, Change, Change UK's Nando's Summit. Oh, I love it so much. It's, oh, what a beautiful picture. They all look so uncomfortable in that place. Well, Gapes looks like he's having the time of his life. Well, yeah, because Gapes is just yeah. happy to have a friend. Gapes is just happy to be included. That's the happiest He I've was there anyway, the fact that they were there. He was, like, <laughs> he was in the corner having a, having a pitter. <laughs> he wasn't invited, he just brought himself over to the table. Yeah. <laughs> he wasn't even going to join Change UK, he was still in the Labour Party. He wasn't, he wasn't even eating in the Nando's. He was literally standing in the corner eating bitter breads. <laughs> it's just so much of like, this is what normal people like. Yeah, it's such a contrived... It's such a signalled moment. Of, like, also, and they look so... Un- and none of, like, loads of them are not having chicken. And a Subri must have looked so angry at that glass of wine. That yeah. Was off. Like, you could tell that that glass of wine was not chilled to the way, to the manner to which he has... The House Sauvignon Blancers does not meet the standards of Parliament's chief wine mum. <laughs> I have to wonder if this was... Like... I'm trying to capitalize on the old meme of Americans finding out about the cheeky Nandos, and maybe yeah. like maybe them being photographed having the cheeky Nandos is what catapulted them to the fame to have a meeting with Nancy Pelosi. Oh, oh god, yeah. it probably was. Just to explain what Nandos was, yeah, <laughs> what cheeky Nandos was. Oh, oh no, that just makes me sadder. It's like weird because like cheeky Nandos in my head, it's all, it's you know it's it's Will Osprey. Yeah, yeah. I just think they're just, they're just all, they look like the Lost Brothers fans, is what I'm saying. <laughs> they do. Uh, they ne- do. Next we have Joan Ryan. 
Change UK MP Joan Ryan. Can everyone look at their hands, please? Oh, God, yeah. Everyone yes. holding out their hands in front of them. That's it. It's there. The future is in your hands. <laughs> so David Brent. All the paper oh, falling from Gates' mitts. Pockets full of them. He's forgotten to, like, he's opened his hands, but not realised that he can't just balance the pitters on there. So they're all tumbling out, chicken and pineapple all over the floor. It was lucky he had cheese in one and it kind of stayed whole. God, that was, yeah, that was horrifying. That's again, like, Joe Ryan is, like, now I've seen some of the, like, the more aggro people on Twitter who are like, the only way to fix anti Semitism is to. Beg Luciana Berger and Joan Ryan back to the party. Um, it's like, what did Joan Ryan do? What did these people do? She didn't even stand. Uh, no, for... no, they, like a lot yeah. um, Well, the, Gapes was annoyed at them for chicken runs. Mm. Yeah. Because um, and then because yeah, Angela Smith. That was an article she did about how it's um, persecution because she didn't get her twenty grand. That was so good. Yeah. When she because was she leaving. didn't realize that. She's saying that's, it was like persecution on behalf of Jeremy Corbyn as yeah, well. He's just trying to blame him for it. Been there to yeah, stop, to stop, literally stop them doing that. Yeah, you hate to see conspiracy theories in, power, <laughs> in, in politics, don't you? Do, you? you really do. You really, really. To be honest, well, like, I don't think it doesn't seem like a Jeremy Corbyn thing. Surely she would. What she was insinuating, John Lansman did it. They, all, they <laughs> yeah. do that a lot. To be honest, I feel that um, if you change parties, you shouldn't get your. 20 grand yeah <laughs> you know yeah if you lose because they didn't get they didn't get the uh, short money either for because they weren't a proper political party they no, were a grouping they were a part they were a company like um Brexit. Yeah. but i mean as far as parliament was concerned they were a grouping so yeah. therefore they didn't qualify for for short money no <laughs> yeah just yeah they did they, they did the um the dodgy griff thing that the brexit party did yeah. but they didn't make as much money as um Nigel Farage did off the brexit party are you telling me that they are not equally as popular as their exact ideological opposites um Yes, and also not as smart as Nigel Farage. <laughs> <laughs> not as confident, I think. Uh, Nigel Farage has got a swagger about him that seems to. S- I think the main. And way by confidence, I mean the confidence of a man who has like a lot of millionaire backers. Yeah, you know, but successful in British politics linked to intelligence is more confidence anyway. Yeah, definitely. Uh, their slate of EU candidates is next. Oh. Uh, the two that I picked: Francis Wheatman yeah, running oh, as Wheaties. MEP candidate. Yeah. And Crispin Hunt from the Long Pigs. Yep. And remember who tried but didn't get in? <gasps> James Ball. Yeah. Oh, that's not. Oh, shit. I'd forgotten about that. There was one other. Oh. Dick Dawkins. Oh, shit. Yeah, Dick oh, Dawkins God. as well. But they wouldn't have him or his pot of honey. <laughs> <laughs> At some point, I had the thing with a. Um... Francis Wheatman actually tweeted out, like, and it wasn't like close to the election, it was like two weeks out, mm. um, saying, oh, I don't expect to win, but yeah. I just want to make the choice between uh, an authoritarian dictator and leave. Yeah. Because it's like, well, either either you prize Remain or you prize, like, Jeremy Corbyn becoming Prime Minister. And it's like, you don't believe in anything. No. You have nothing to no. what you do. But yeah, Jimmy Bollocks didn't get on. God. He, like, he, he was talking about... Oh, he's, too, he's too left, isn't he? Um, a, why, why aren't the left celebrating him? That was the hot take I saw this year. <laughs> oh, he's a diamond. Yeah. A diamond. Uh, we have Heidi Allen being pulled from her I Got News For You on the 10th of May. Um, she was meant to be a panellist, um, but because it was the run-up to the elections, the European elections... Um, the leader of Change UK, it was considered to be a breach of Ofcom guidelines to have her on. And no one thought about it. That's like nobody a, thought that's about a failing it. on all of them. I mean, 
a lot of these th- like some of these things like some of the disadvantages change uk had were like huh this system this like the actual parliamentary system <laughs> is a bit fucked for new parties but it's hilariously funny when it all comes down on one grouping yeah. that are meant to be like the future and the centrist european, party that everyone wanted the european parliament it's it's better for new parties than us oh no than i mean this was Br- it's british rules but like yeah. applying to you know yeah european but i'm um, like they they didn't do well in that election Mm-mm. um and it was like it's the one that they could have done well in they didn't get anything did they i don't think they, they yeah. got nothing no, no of course not uh and everything they've done they've lost yeah uh, that i can think of yeah they, they lost everything mm. um other than uh, of course this next category would be the change uk and the lib dems their ongoing relationship at the start, Chuck Ramuna dismissed any idea of any deals with the Lib Dems. 18th of February, Vince Cable signalled that he would work with them. 29th of March, rumours about TIG considering an electoral alliance. 23rd of April, Cable suggests a common second referendum policy. Change UK refuse. 24th of April, a leaked memo shows Change UK targeting Lib Dem donors and members. No mergers, pacts or alliances. 26th of May, Heidi Allen talks about merging with the Lib Dems. 4th of June, Alan Wollaston, Amuna, Shooker, Berger and Smith split. 13th, 13th of June, Change UK talks again about merging with the Lib Dems. On the 14th of June, Chuck Ramuna joins the Lib Dems. <laughs> the rest like, joined later in the year. It's like we're going to, we're going to join the No Mics Club. Yeah, Gapes yeah, stay true. Leaving Gapes and Subri alone. Yeah. I find the it two weirdest people. Gapes, Subri and Chris Leslie were the only ones that stayed true. Yeah. Is the ones who... I mean, for what it's worth, couldn't even conscience like couldn't go against their consciences by joining I the Lib Dems. I don't think anyone asked Chris Leslie. No, they were definitely not invited. Those three. No, no. no. Actually, I bet, I bet you Subri was. Well, I don't know because then you know she gave that great interview where she was saying like, "I thought Chuka was my big buddy. Yeah. I've just been betrayed." <laughs> I've forgotten about that because like Anna Subri, who's supposed again, who's supposed to be a shrewd, canny political operator, got her wallet inspected by Chuka Ramuna like twice. <laughs> That's like a three month period. <laughs> a gapes cropping Chucka out uh, out of his uh, Twitter header like he oh, was Yetzov. Oh god, yeah, I forgot about that. That was particularly good. Did you have that on your list? Like he's oh, god, like he's Yetzov in that, that Stalin no. photo. <laughs> oh, you know, I, I all the all the gapes just sitting there, real pain for my sham friends. <laughs> All the patter around um, Iron Mike Gapes and them actually calling it like he's a little boy who's getting a treat, you know, or or alternately a dementing uncle who they're trying to kind of keep like like really humour and and keep him sweet. I'm sure like Mike Gapes, you could treat him like shit and he would still come back for more. Yeah, Gapes is probably a very angry man now. I imagine he's quite angry and disappointed with the way everything's gone, but. Real politic gave him the best end to his parliamentary career. Oh, operatic. It was very, um, uh, like, pathetic, but sympathetic as well. Oh, yeah, he's a sympathetic villain. Yeah. Because, <laughs> you know, he's stepping on brakes. And it's like, oh, you know, you feel a little bit bad for him, and then you look at his Twitter, and he's pivoted yeah. to being anti-Palestine. Yeah, well, I say pivot. Well. <laughs> <laughs> Openly. Yeah. 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 Uh, next, we have Heidi Allen challenging Nigel Farage to live TV debate- debates before the EU polls. Debate he just- coward. Yeah. Refused. Yeah, just just straight up refused. Yeah. Um, just looked at his phone and said, I don't answer calls from numbers I don't recognise. <laughs> we have their 2019 manifesto. 
Manifesto oh, in quote marks. That manifesto marks. was so good. The thing that refused to call itself a manifesto. Yeah. That was just, why don't we have sensible government? Yes. <laughs> just sensible written over and over and over <laughs> again. Um, and uh, Gapes and Shuka using Labour colours and talking about how they're real Labour um, after yeah. they're from Labour. Well. Yes. Yeah. And Chris Leslie doing it as well, yeah. Um, Those the, flyers, that was audacious. That was absolutely <laughs> audacious. <laughs> great. Uh, the last two, strictly not Cucktig, okay. but kind of related. Okay. Related. Uh, Chucker Amuna's weird comments when he joined the Lib Dems. He got okay. the Lib Dem treasury roll days after he joined. Yep. He said, I'll be in this party until the day I die. <laughs> he had been in three political parties oh. in six months. <laughs> uh, and the weirdest thing was... Amuna said he expected more suspicion, hesitation, and questioning of motives from Lib Dem members. <laughs> it's like, could, is he like saying he couldn't believe how easy this was? Yeah, I think he pretty much was. <laughs> Why would you say that? I can't believe Even they welcomed me here when I snuck in through the back door wearing a cape. <laughs> no one is questioning my cape. <laughs> um, and the other not strictly Cucktig related was the Ian Solom affair, uh, which was... Uh, during the run-up to the general election, Heidi Allen had joined the Lib Dems, but was likely to lose her, her seat at the time. Yeah. So she was parachuted into South Cambridgeshire, which already had a long-standing prospective yeah. candidate um, called Ian Solom. Uh, he tweeted out, Politics in a liberal democracy is about shaping and making arguments that win people over to your cause. So while I can't pretend I'm not hugely personally disappointed to be no longer standing in South Cambridge, <laughs> I'm genuinely delighted to welcome Heidi Allen to our cause. <laughs> She stood down. Yeah. The leaflets, the election leaflets, with her face on, had already been sent out when he had to um, be drafted back in. I don't think he was drafted back in until, like, oh. late October. And the thing is, you know what Lib Dems are like? He'll be standing in the next one. Oh, yeah. He'll be but, back. Yeah. She won't be. It's just so shitty. Um, there's also one that you missed. Um, oh. The, the logo that looked like a Tesco value bag. Oh, shit, The yeah. rumours have it that Chucker himself designed to make look like a tiger. They kept changing. Yeah, it did. Because at first it was like, it was different colours, and yeah. then it just yeah. went to just black and white well, I think they stripes. Got to- like I think they got told bus. off for using, like, different colours. Uh, for like, like, you can't have the yeah. same logo with different colour schemes in different places, because yeah. it's misleading. Yeah. It's incredible. That's an electric. If you're standing against Tories, <laughs> you're like trying to use their colours, and if you're standing against Labour, you're trying to use their colours. That looks a bit suspicious looking at you, my capes. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that's our lot. Yeah. That's the, the 13 most standout memories from Change UK. Uh, really? Which one's your favourite? Got any more, Rob? Do I have any more? Uh, I think we've gone through just about everything. Um, uh, the Gapes interviews. I'm not real politics is definitely the best, but mm. who's that Channel Four guy? The was it Channel Four? The guy who who did the <laughs> interviewed Mike about Richard Miller. Oh, uh, Michael, oh Craig. Michael Craig. Michael Craig for yeah. the Mail, I think. Ah, I yeah, for the Mail. Okay, yeah, that was pretty. Yeah, good. that that was actually pretty amazing. So um, Gapes being bullied leading by... To, leading to the disappearance of a respected data journalist. Yeah, yeah we, we hope he's still out there. Yeah, I, um, think, I think he's around. <laughs> <laughs> uh, also, Gapes being uh, bullied by Kay Burley, yeah. who uh, is a horrible human being, but yeah. what, what pleasure in seeing that. Yeah, but if, yeah, Kay Burley is endlessly entertaining her and her six-inch son. 
Yes. Do you remember that? It was a tweet that she said. I was like, oh, you seem so big, but just wait until my six-inch son and his legs come around. Oh, <laughs> and then I did it with an, with an aubergine. It's Me and meant, my tiny sons. Well, she meant, like, um, she meant to do like the two things, to be like six-foot son. Yeah. But she took a six-inch son and then ended it with a, a aubergine emoji. <laughs> oh, God. Because, <laughs> you know, Kay Burley's... Uses sexual threats to silence her enemies. That's all I'm saying. It's just she. <laughs> my, my son's gonna give you what for. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wait God. until my son hears about this. Um, it's like, I think Chakramuna and his cowardice. It was something like, about him not was... taking the leadership and not taking <laughs> that officially. that taking that officially prominent role. Yeah. Is so indicative of like how that was gonna go. Yeah, uh, him you know? essentially naming the party after himself, not taking the leadership, <laughs> and then defecting to the Lib Dems within like two months. Yeah, pretty pretty fantastic. Like it's hard to say which is your favorite bit about it because the whole thing was just just glorious. It was like every like there was all the the run up to it because like with a lot of these things you've got to look at it in its context and the months and months and months of being told that everyone in the country was crying out for a beautiful centrist party mm. made up of both sides that are going to lead us to a beautiful golden dawn and I choose those words <laughs> exactly <laughs> yeah um, and then they turn up everyone realises that they're a bunch of incompetent clowns when they're not giving, being given slowball interviews and even when they're being given slowball interviews then they all choke on the lemon and herb dressing at fucking Nando's and die <laughs> After stabbing all of each other in the back. <laughs> and then they join the Lib Dems and fuck them up. <laughs> you saw that, the um the Lib Dems, because, you know, the Lib Dems are like having a big talk about what they're going to do. You know, their leadership's going to come up soon. And, you know, it's nice to see the Lib Dems have completely got rid of factionalism by having literally all of their different people standing up against each other. Because they're not what? even really a party anymore. With everybody just having a faction. Yeah. I would like but, to point um, out, like, when you say... blame Chucker. Uh, what, uh, Rightly so. I mean, he a, should be leader. He should totally be leader. One hundred percent. But also in a meta sense, right? Um, Joe Swinson's poor performance in the general election yeah. was based around the fact that she decided to take on Change Change UK's yeah. like demeanor. She saw that, that. weird personality cult yeah. of everybody what? knew the Change UK MPs' names. What yeah. was going on with her? Yeah, just... She was. Yeah, I guess we'll get to her later. It's p- it's pure it's pure thinking that media is actually the most important thing. Yeah, an image and spectacle is the most important thing. Labour and the Conservatives don't get on by just having that. Tony Blair didn't get on by just having that. He leaned on actual material politics. They would have done better if they'd had Dick Dawkins as an MEP candidate, and he would have just been defeating people with yeah, with logic sure. and Why reason not? and. <laughs> Like, could you imagine, like, just the first time they start talking to him about the EU and he goes on, like, a 40-minute rant about Muslims? <laughs> He's got some powerful uh, Islamophobic energy that they, really could, that they could have yeah. harnessed, like, a perpetual motion machine. <laughs> they really could have. <laughs> well, you know, they've, they've, they had a lot of that in that party. Maybe they were like, we're, we're, we're all... We've got enough. Oh, it's hard. It's hard. I think the Nando's thing, like, because it's a picture... It's so... And it's a... It's a... Endemic of everything. A cultural moment of 2019 that it just... It perfectly encapsulates like we're all equals, we're all nothing. We don't understand why we're doing this, but we have some vague sense that we should be. Mm. You know? Yeah. Personally. Yeah. It's pretty good. I you know, I love the whole saga, but I uh, particularly love that they stumbled at every hurdle, lost every seat that they were running for, and then shut down within nine months. <laughs> 
Yeah. It was pretty. It was a pretty wonderful like downhill snowball to watch over the course of a year. To talk to Nancy Pelosi. Why did that happen? Well, I know why that happened. Nancy Pelosi's awful. But yeah. Maybe she saw like, the Democratic she's... Party against the left challenger. Yeah. <laughs> she it's saw exactly the Nando's thing. Saw how Mike Gates was making money by ordering a glass of water and then constantly filling it up with coke, and she was like, <laughs> "I need this sound economic break." <laughs> Real second coming of Saul Alinsky. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, I think oh, it's a toss-up between Nando's and their entire fuck-up. Uh, I think, like, Kachuka's cowardice and Nando's for me. Like, yeah. Mm. I think I'll go with Nando's, actually, now. Nando's, it's just, it's just a perfect picture that sums up everything that was beautiful and wrong about them. It's a very, very good photograph. Yeah, Okay, our next award is the. This is a throwback to 2017, the Soviet Yugoslavia Award for embarrassing general or historical ignorance. Uh, the stupidity award, basically. Yeah, yeah. Um, named after Joy Reid, who's just been in the. Has just quite come to my attention again because of hiring essentially a magician to explain why the Jew shirks when he's threatened, <laughs> and like how you can tell that that Bernie is a liar. Because he hunches his shoulders and his eye level is below his shoulders. He cowers. He claws his fingers and tents them. It's fucked up. It's really fucked up. But like MSNBC is meant to be like the proper political channel, isn't it? The boring, like... Oh, like... they've had Ted Kennedy all over it back when he was alive. Oh, so. no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, this is uh, Stupidity Takes. Okay. It's all right. Ignore Let's the see. dog. Okay, first up, Paul Embury. Has there ever been such, yeah, in hot? Last year, Paul Embry was up for the Orwell Prize, and I, yeah, and I didn't know who, I wasn't completely sure who Paul Embry was. Oh, wait, our our Orwell Prize, yeah, sorry. Um, He's probably going to get one. The real one. Oh, yeah. Um, Don't want to spoil anything, but... He's had quite a year, hasn't he? Um, Yeah, we'll talk about it more in the Orwell Prize, but yeah, the real Orwell Prize, but Mm. yeah. He is. Uh, yeah, he's so. just won't stop. Um, has there ever been such an example of a nation's people voting for national independence, yet their ruling class trying so hard to prevent it? Has there? Can you <laughs> possibly tell me any, say, in the last 200 years of... It's, okay, let's narrow it down. Connected to Britain, where a nation <laughs> wanted their independence... And the British ruling class tried to prevent it. Can you... No. Mm, nothing. No. Definitely not. No, there was definitely no letters written by celebrities and put to the Guardian. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Were there letters um, written by celebrities and put sent to the Guardian in any other time period? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, we have Andrew Lillico next. Oh. I find it extraordinary how many apparently Irish folk on here are willing to declare that British people don't understand the history of Britain, whilst Irish people do. Northern Ireland's part of my country, not yours. I take a close interest in its history, thanks. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, we'll see how much longer that lasts. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's actually so awesome. If you want to talk about the like the English ruling class, like yeah. the transition from uh, Northern Ireland is like this really important, like unquestionable part of yeah. the UK, and is it really worth <laughs> that much? Is fascinating. Yeah. Does anyone like you know orange squash and weird racist that much? I know Northern Ireland has more than that, but they're the main thing that that they wanted to keep. <laughs> 
Uh, we have Jeremy Hunt telling the people of Slovenia that they were once a Soviet vassal state, ignoring the fact that Yugoslavia was non-aligned and independent. Mm -hmm. uh, that's actually literally <laughs> Soviet Yugoslavia, actually. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, we have Karen Bradley, the Northern Ireland Secretary, in March 2019. She was criticised by all sides in Northern Ireland and faced calls to resign for invoking the Nuremberg defence when defending the actions of UK forces during the Troubles, saying, <laughs> fewer than 10% of killings that were at the hands of the military and police were not crimes. They were people acting under orders and fulfilling their duties in a dignified and appropriate way. Shooting people in the back. <laughs> and in September 2018, she said, I didn't understand things like when elections are fought, for example, in Northern Ireland. People who are nationalists... I didn't understand that people who are nationalists don't vote for unionist parties and vice versa. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't nationalists in other countries like me? <laughs> what do these party vote for? Don't they all just vote Tory out of habit? Like, that's... that's that's yeah. really our greatest hope going forward is that we can really inculcate this idea that Tories just rely on votes. Yeah. Like, that it's just the natural state of things. Rot their brains a bit more. Uh, we have Chakramuna. I cannot think of any Labour leader in my lifetime who, when asked how they would vote campaign in a people's vote, would not have instinctively said remain. But this party has irrevocably changed. Now... This, like, he's wrong. He's not entirely wrong. It gets complicated. 1982 manifesto was just pure leave. No, yeah. I don't even think it was a vote. Yeah. It was just, we will leave the EU. 1987, um, it was a bit more like weird. Labour's aim is to work constructively. However, we will stand for British interests within the European community. And we shall, like other member countries, reject EEC interference with our policy for national recovery and renewal. That's not a 100... I mean, it's not a leave, yeah. but it's not 100%, you know... EU was great. Yeah. 1992 was just opt into the social charter. And even in 1997, it was, yeah, we want to remain in Europe, but Europe needs reform. Yeah. So it's like, it's not as clear cut as that. It's yeah, not. There's, there's this is like the retconning of, the, of New Labour being, like New Labour loved Europe. Mm. They weren't like, they constantly used it as a thing to, yeah, um, that's why like, to hit it. out at. That's the same as Cameron did. Yeah. That's why, why British politicians like it. Why do you Even think like leave the Remainer ones? I think that's kind of why they wanted it. If one of the main parties, or if two of the main parties, in fact, were just all "we love the EU, we want to remain," yeah. how was how is the instinct to leave so strong? Yeah. It's because they took every chance to bash the EU, like to appease the papers, basically. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, a new statesman front cover. Return of the Irish question: How an ancient <laughs> conflict is destabilizing the British state? Whoa. The Irishman is a curious creature. <laughs> Did they have drawings? <laughs> that stuff that came out the Margaret Thatcher, um, it was floated about assassinating the Irish PM during the Troubles. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Which no. is like, it's just an idea that should be floated. You don't, you don't want to take ideas off the table. It's like with um, <laughs> Dominic Cummings' thing of like him wanting freaks and weirdos for that job and um, Yuri Geller is applying. Yeah, <laughs> and you know, could you imagine the great ideas he's because you know he's just put just spitballing, just idea, just there's no such thing as a bad idea. Maybe we do just bend all the spoons, <laughs> bend all their spoons. Yeah, <laughs> or we nuke Drogheda, finish the job. Yeah, <laughs> uh, we have Paul Brand, um, someone taking the piss out of him, going, um, "Oh yeah, Churchill saw." Adolf Hitler off with robust debate in the marketplace of ideas. He responded, It was a breakdown in political debate that led to war, not violence as a form of political discourse. What? Wait, what? What? How, does, how do you even fit that? How do you fit that into anything that happened before the Second World War? Isn't it great when words don't just have no meaning anymore? 
You could just say, that's what's so great about now. You can just say fucking anything. And it's not dependent on the words. It's dependent on who you are. You just say it with confidence. Yeah. yeah. It does seem even more now that, yeah, hacks are getting worse. Who pays you? Yeah. You know, that determines how much your words should be taken seriously. Yeah. Do you see, um, like, just for, like, their words being gibberish, Dan Hodges' article today. No. Oh, I think I briefly saw it. Was like, um, just because I won't say Meghan Markle is the new Rosa Parks, does that mean I'm a racist? I don't think it does. And it's like, who asked you? <laughs> Why are you making that comparison? What's going Dan on? Dan Hodges is the answer to a question no one asked. Yes. <laughs> to be fair. Yeah. <laughs> uh, next we have Robert Peston. Ah, oh, the pest. He's been horrified. Robert Peston, more like. <laughs> Even if Labour's working class voters don't love Trump, they have traditionally been pro-America. In fact, it is possible to see traditional Labour voters' preference for the UK to mainstream, maintain strong bonds with America as the flip side of their mistrust of the EU, with these North Atlantic leanings in part a legacy of World War Two. Is that is that true? Most people I know like go on about like when they talk about like Americanism or America, yeah. it is a, the butt of a joke. Yeah, and I mean, yeah. don't get me wrong, we are like completely immersed in American cultural. Yeah, but like in our friendship but... circle, every every friendship circle has the butt of the joke, and we always bully Rob. <laughs> Well, what can I say? You keep on starting wars. Well, you know, <laughs> MAGA 2020. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, like, I um, I got a lot of shit when Bush was in power. I mean, nobody has ever suffered like I have. <laughs> the discrimination I faced in Too those fair, days. You wouldn't stop voting for it. <laughs> well. And you kept on proudly saying you would not stop voting for it. Like, keep on screaming at me. It just makes me vote for him twice. Uh, yeah, um, my, experience, my experience has been, like, a lot of anti-Americanism yeah. with the working class and I think that's completely justified and I think that's a good thing <laughs> yeah but it's like yeah it can, like all of our talking like all of our talking points and all of our culture is pretty much American I don't know mm. what like you can tell what's left of like I don't want to make, like, make too much of a big deal of this but like discreet indigenous like mm. British cultural mores are largely washed away in like the tide of Hollywood and yeah. stuff like that. That's how we relate more to each other as like using American like references and influences than rather than Morris dancing. Rather than <laughs> well, I mean, ultimately, yeah. Like yeah. the French do have discrete things that are not like cultural practices that are not influenced by you yeah. know the American popular culture, and we don't like largely we don't. Yeah, you know. So I kind of understand where he's coming from, but it's just like. What are you talking about? Yeah. Like, as if this is a good and right and noble, noble thing, like a you know, quid pro quo. Enjoying American pop culture is not being like a pro American. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's um, it's weird. It's like the like all of them love like love actually, but they all seem to always forget like the bit that the, there's like the one of the bits that they all love is shouting at the American, <laughs> the uncouth, sexually aggressive American. Do you remember when James Ball was asking whether Theresa May would do a Hugh Grant on Donald Trump? When she was, it wasn't that if she was going to do it, it was when she was going to do it. Yep, yep. <laughs> Still waiting on that. Man. There's a lot of things waiting on James Ward for. <laughs> um, and then kind of the opposite uh, impulse. Uh, Tom Watson. Oh. Only by remaining in the EU can we remain the same Britain that we've been for a thousand years. If mm -hmm. we leave, we become less than we were and less than our children have a right to expect. Mm -hmm. The patriotic choice is to remain. Hashtag proudly British, proudly European. To be fair, a thousand years ago, the French were telling us what to do as well. <laughs> the French... No, it's a, it was the Danish one, man. I'm trying to think. Like, well, yeah. the Normans were... Normans, Normans yeah. were French, yeah. but, yeah, they exactly. were, they were, but they were... Us. They were North men, you know. Yeah. They, were, they were a transplanted uh, yeah. Viking population. Yeah, let's not go into that. Um, 
I went to Lincoln at the weekend. I didn't realise like it's always f- weird though when they go to like a thousand <laughs> years. Of, it's like that has a, <coughs> a negative ring to it. <laughs> a thousand years of unbroken history. Oh. A thousand year Reich. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, next we have Luke Akehurst. Oh, this oh. is this is fucking vile. Atlee crushed communist rebels in Malaya to stop it becoming communist. Fuck! Excuse me. It was nothing to do with keeping it in the empire, but about what kind of country it would be after empire. Like, fuck. There's nothing ignoble about fighting communism. There's like a whole people that don't exist anymore. There were a lot of torture camps. Yeah. Um, And the whole notion that, I mean, look, again, it's more complicated than just like, Britain wanted to stay there or Britain didn't want to stay yeah. there but it had an awful lot of financial interests and actual settlers and business owners there yeah. who were crying out because after the war the um, communists understandably wanted national independence yeah funny how this seems to happen quite a bit with <laughs> uh, with the with uh, America and the UK and say Vietnam or the entire southern <laughs> hemisphere <laughs> Most, I guess it's just a coincidence. Most yeah. countries in Africa, Cyprus, yeah. India, uh, South Africa, uh, like South America, so. <laughs> um, Korea. But it's like, oh, God, it's like even if he said like, "There's nothing ignoble about fighting communism," like maybe don't put the Malay emergency as like yeah. your high watermark of noble struggle of just war. Yeah, it's like there's nothing you know ignoble I mean? about this situation. Just putting up a fence. What's that you're putting up? Oh, I'm just putting up. Small children's beds for all the children that are going to be locked in this camp. There, so there are the five methods of torture. That's the, there's the, the five pressure points that uh, five you, you can uh, apply pressure to in order to make a suspect talk or break a suspect. Hmm. And also one of the reasons, like there are two reasons why the Malay emergency was a victory for Britain. One of which was they adopted the, uh, they had, all, most of the Chinese, most of the communist rebels were Chinese, which were a minority ethnic hmm. population in Malaya. They weaponized uh, racial tensions um, to, to win that, that conflict. And also they straight up committed war crimes, yeah. which is the only way you suppress. I thought Atlee was a good one. Yeah. I don't think Atlee was a good one. <laughs> reason why I don't like the like. Gross. Yeah. Uh, next we have Jack McConnell. He is a former Labour Scottish First Minister. I oh, completely yeah. forgot about him. Yeah, it's hard to it's yeah, it's hard to keep track of like Scottish Labour because they just turn up occasionally, say something fucking appalling, and you wonder why the Scottish haven't kicked them out. They have. Yeah, they, <laughs> have now. they have. There's yeah. one left. Um, one. Who is it? Ian, Ian Murray. Murray. He's yeah, he's up for deputy, deputy isn't he? Yeah. Uh, this was in response to Len McCluskey drawing the biggest cheer at the uh, Durham Miners Gala. And he attacked Labour Deputy Leader Tom Watson in blunt language. Jack McConnell said, It is not blunt language. The working class trade union leaders of the past did not have to resort to vulgarity to make a point. They used their brains and had some decency. And they actually represented their members and achieved results. Oh, so they we must have a very strong trade union movement. Look at all the trade unions. I can't move for fucking... Tripping over strong trade unions and their <laughs> results. Where did fucking politeness get them? Yeah. What's oh. the most successful trade union in this country? Like for its members. I mean, the RMT probably. The RMT is the most successful. Unite is the biggest and does fuck all. Yeah. Mm. But like you know, like Bob Crow when he was doing when he was getting them all their monies and their holidays, he wasn't being referred to as polite. Yeah. 
like it only works yeah. being polite if you're you know negotiating with someone who doesn't despise you. Yeah. Well, I don't know about you, but where I come from, we uh, negotiate with the Pinkertons with uh, rigorous debate <laughs> when they come to break our strike <laughs> and crack our heads. Yeah. Engage them in the marketplace of ideas mm. and clubs. <laughs> Uh, next, we have another Paul Embry. Oh. I tried to keep it to one person, one nomination per person. But Paul Embry, I, just, Paul Embry just pushes it over the edge. He's a very generous guy. Mm-hmm. 1930s Britain. Extreme poverty, mass unemployment, hunger marches, no welfare state, number of teenagers murdered by other teenagers on the streets, close to zero. <laughs> Austerity doesn't even begin to explain it. So he's talking about knife crime yeah. in, in London. I wonder what he could be trying to draw attention to. Just looking over at Fitz. Oh, my dog ignored my dog, I saw. <laughs> See, even he's got the sense to ignore that. Yeah. Um, also, like, number of other teenagers. I actually tried to look this up, and, mm. like, obviously the, the um, statistics are not readily available. Maybe no. someone can look into it. But the 1930s did have lower crime, but then also you're just paying attention to the Great Recession and not, say, the long recession of the 1890s, where, you know, East London, well known for having no crime. <laughs> Famous. And being... Rich. <laughs> um, next we have Dave Jones, Welsh gas doc on Twitter, some medical person with Corbyn derangement syndrome. Um, Corbyn uh, was speaking at the Miners Gala and said the mines are gone, but the miners' spirit lives on. It's the spirit of solidarity and the working class principle that says united we are stronger. And he responded, what is it about mining that gives people like Corbyn the horn? Mining was a shit job, wrecked workers' lungs, and left them disabled and destitute when they were no longer of use. If he wants camaraderie and solidarity, why doesn't he join a golf club? <laughs> like, Excuse me. <laughs> it was a very dangerous job, yes. and do you know what made it better? <laughs> yeah. That. <laughs> <Yes>. uh, <laughs> what's the only thing that made it better? Mm-hmm. That. Who was endangering their workers? Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> the miners. It the was people the, the golf clubs. <laughs> miners unions were doing it. The miners' unions who owned all those golf, all those mines, <laughs> all those golf clubs. Yes, <laughs> nothing is too good for the working class. Now watch this drive. <laughs> um, we have next. We have Tom Steyer. Uh, what Karl Marx failed to take into consideration was software. That if you were Michael <laughs> Jackson or Rihanna or Beyonce or anyone producing an idea... Hang on, are you soft- telling me the Marx did not consider Rihanna? <laughs> anyone producing an idea with software, you aren't just the best singer in your village. You have an ability to reproduce that song in infinitely at very low cost around the world. Yes. I tell you what, reprodu- right, A, reproducibility has certainly <laughs> made a lot of billionaires out of a lot of people, hasn't it? Yes, yes. Everyone, everybody in the world Every is so is much richer... <laughs> Now that you can infinitely reproduce things. Well, that, secondly, that, that's Spotify. Mm, you know, that 0.01 pence for yeah. every 20 streams. Yeah. Actually, I think it's more like every 200. Yeah. And secondly, like, yes, if only Marx had talked about the relationship of technology <laughs> and the decreasing costs. If only there was some very particular famous phrase we could talk about in relation to Karl Marx and, inc- like, the reduction of profit and costs. Well, to be honest, if he wasn't such a classist against the rich, he might have just been able to have a sit down with um, with Bill Gates and hash <laughs> this through. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, next, we have Bruce Arnold writing in the Telegraph. Oh. This is tough right now, being a proud, a proud and loyal British subject who has oh. lived in, loved Ireland for more than sixty years, oh. watching the ridiculous behaviour of TSOC Leo Varadkar and his foreign minister Simon Coveney trying to destroy, like willful children, relations with an ancient and friendly neighbour. Mm-hmm. Whatever faults the British may have, 
They understand independence and freedom. They do. Varadkar and Kovni are both, <laughs> are both members of Finn Goyle, a party that has roots, its roots in the fight a hundred years ago to secure independence and freedom for Ireland. Yet now here they are trying to block the UK's path to the same independence and freedom. <laughs> just go back and forth on like, it. This year has been, like, uh, since Brexit, has just been a, just a long list of amazing takes from English people about Ireland. Mm. <laughs> Oh, next we have Adrian Hilton, who's a politics and philosophy lecturer. Britain's main role in the slave trade was to stop it, thus challenging the racist yes. ideology yes. across Christendom. The main man, the man responsible, William Wilberforce, is buried in Westminster Abbey. If you want to deepen your understanding of the past, meditate upon his quest. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty stupid, but I just had to include that, please. Just like a load of people sitting in... Um, like listening to um, Dust in the Wind in <laughs> Westminster Abbey, meditating upon William Wilberforce. I was told West. that my history degree does not count as my dissertation just was me, a photo of me meditating on a grave that I'd broken into. <laughs> they told me I learned absolutely nothing from that. <laughs> Side quest accepted. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Classic history take that. Britain did nothing in the slave trade other than stop it. Classic. We didn't do anything bad. There's not. There's literally. There's no. I've been around East London. Yeah. <laughs> I've been down by the river. I've been down to Freedom Dock. More Freedom Dock. Independence. Double Freedom Dock. Independence Wharf. Yes. <laughs> I've been to the museum in Liverpool, which was about how everybody else had the slaves. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, next, we have Tom Harwood. Funny how Churchill's grandson is such a lefty. <laughs> <laughs> In that he uses his left hand to grab people. That's Nicholas Soames he's talking yeah, about, no. by the way, if anyone didn't yeah. know. like What? Nicholas Soames, who looks like he ate Winston Churchill. <laughs> he's like, he really looks like him as well. Like He, he does look, like, he's got black hair. He's like he? a Lovely. melting clone of him. Uh, he should uh, link up with, um, with Mussolini's granddaughter. Oh, God. Ooh, who also looks choice. exactly like him. Yeah. Um, he did praise Mussolini. We'll bring it, we're getting the gang back together. <laughs> I don't think he's um, like Nicholas Soames is not left wing. No, not at all. Not, he's only saying it because he got um, he got the whip withdrawn for yeah, yeah. supporting like. But I don't think Romain. Nicholas Soames is as to the right as his granddad was. I mean, if because his granddad was like, he's a traditional conservative. He's pretty yeah. socially conservative. Yeah, but you can't put it in the same context because he's not being asked to run an empire and yeah, exactly. uh, yeah. starve okay. the, Bengal- just the Bengali to con- people. I'd, yeah, actually, no, he would jump to the defense of, of Churchill in the same way that Mussolini's granddaughter. I mean, he must. I mean, I, yeah. I can't remember. I'm pretty sure he's written at least three books on Churchill, but which of course he, he would. You know, what was he going to do? Yeah. His, like, how else is he going to make money apart yeah. from off his land and his cushy job? I think this is also stupid because it's just so fucking obvious. Tom Harwood is the most obvious man in all of media in that you can see him physically rolling up his sleeves to try and push the Overton window <laughs> and it's like no one fucking buys that but then I suppose that they is do. how the Overton window works yeah. like no one buys it until they do uh, so fucking hate uh, that so much it's so horrible uh, next we have David Aranovich finally for a completely different reason I've been going back over the 1993 Warrington bombing oh. there's a big possibility that it was carried out by far left people associated with a group called Red Action I I'm offer sure. no prizes for which Labour figure was close to red action. Um, Keir Starmer. <laughs> red action did Stella Creasy. Yeah. <laughs> red action did a lot of stuff with... Um, I mean, I, again, I haven't looked into this deeply, but I think the general... The, I remember reading at the time and uh, looking it up and like the general consensus is like 
Red Action helped the IRA in like having people over for conferences that might yeah. not have just been there for conferences and shit like that. But yeah. like, this is the, also David Aronovich is the man who uh, wrote about conspiracy theories yeah. several years ago, Voodoo Histories. Yeah. And to see him engaging in it because it's of his not... blind hatred for the left. Yeah, well, that's not surprising. Is not surprising. They do all the time. Yeah. Oh, this is a good one. James Ball. Oh, it's going to be good. Prepare yourself. All right. Now, no no slurs. (laughs) The context for this is uh, a singer at the proms, in the last night at the proms, waved a pride flag. Right? It was a, a, I think, a bisexual uh, singer. Okay. Um, And he said, Rule Britannia has an interesting history. It's a liberal anthem. Rule the Waves is about keeping a small standing army that can't tyrannise the local population. It's got its issues, but it's less jingoistic than it appears. (laughs) Just like Big Boss in in Mercenary Sands Frontiers. (laughs) (laughs) Britain never, ever shall be slaves. (laughs) Never, ever shall be slaves. (laughs) Just like picking up that Rule the Waves being... Uh, like what they were thinking of at the time was a small standing army yeah. not literally ruling the waves and <laughs> putting the standing armies in other countries uh, yeah, like, I remember that he went really into defending the national anthem for a while didn't he, he well it was um, it, the, uh, the, the Royal Britannia. Britannia he got really pissed off and actually this is part of it um, picking the one time it was used to push an inclusive moment to call people out to abuse them to launch pylons is shitty and low you upset some other people you made me think about whether I'll bother sharing anything that strikes me as a moment in the future please god <laughs> but I probably still will shit yeah. uh-huh. nothing will ever fucking stop him and you egged on the homophobes A plus work great day guys keep oh yeah I forgot he does a lot of the criticising me as homophobic keep fighting is your he gay? Good... he is yeah. gay yeah. Okay. keep fighting your good fight Ironic coda, I've always hated that bloody song and still do. <laughs> <laughs> James Ball oh. is the most pointless man in existence. Oh. Why didn't change you pay money? <laughs> <laughs> and then he's out in order to join anyway. <laughs> I think he probably said that as well. Yeah. Uh, next we have Robert Peston again. Uh, John McDonnell promises to end in-work poverty, but not quite clear how, including minimum wage of £10, end universal credit, and capping rents. <laughs> what? I don't know how capping rents would ever make people better off. Certainly I, not. You, I, you just you said it. You said the thing. <laughs> I love him. <laughs> Next we have uh, Douglas Murray. There is nothing that the educational establishment does not wish to deconstruct, apart from itself. Obviously, are you fucking kidding me? Literally, or I mean, he's talking about like when he says deconstruct, yeah. he's talking about deconstruction and like uh, post-structuralism and, yeah, yeah. and post-modernism yeah. generally. Jesus and it's like education is literally all they deconstruct. Yeah, they've got it to like Paulo Freire and I think like um, what's it, Foucault and yeah. Derrida. That, that's all they do. They were only in education. He wouldn't know. He wouldn't they didn't have them. proper jobs. They were at uh, universities. They were university yeah. lecturers. The fuck. Um, Joe Otten. Uh, in response to saying that a system where people get docked pay for being late because of climate protests deserves the disruption. He said, have you ever read any Marx? He hated everyone who disagreed with him in the slightest. The Communist Manifesto pretty much all hate speech against somebody. <laughs> somebody <laughs> now asked we, re- we reach section three of the Communist Manifesto. 
bastards and traitors. <laughs> it's like instead of the Communist Manifesto, we accidentally read the Anarchist Cookbook. <laughs> Somebody questioned why, mm-hmm. and he said, if you replace class with race or sex, it is more obvious. <laughs> if I was criticising something else... Yeah. then it would be exactly what I said it was. Yeah, look, it's the, you can do this with, with a lot of things. Like, if you took, say, a successful book about wizards and you made all their bankers look like stereotypes of Jews, it might seem problematic. <laughs> it just... There's, a, there's been more than one of that as well. It's like, yeah. well, imagine if I was talking about yeah. Jews. And it's like, but you weren't. Or not. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, next we have Will Davies. I wonder how much opposition to billionaires resonates outside of London. I detest what finance capital has done to London, but is this kind of oligarchy actually visible across the country? America has been having this argument for 150 years. Britain hasn't. What? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, if you go if you go out into like outside of London, you usually come across like especially like going back in history, nothing but positive stories about the relationship between poor people and rich people. Like um <laughs> When they shut down the iron foundry in Murpha, there's nothing but positive stories there about the response to this man who built a castle with their, with the sweat off their brow. If only there was some written or, you know, graphical evidence. Uh, if only there was actual geographical evidence in the population of Australia yeah. um, that could prove, you know, exactly what happened about the relationship between the rich and poor. Well, even, like, in the last, like, ten years... Like, it's been longer than that. When, um, t- that golf course of Trump's and the constant fighting he's having with that um, small village. Yeah. Mm. That's like a perfect example there of like very much outside of London people in the countryside getting angry with a billionaire. And also the joke is that like yeah you might not be able to like billionaires might not be publicly visible as local figures in areas but like at its most vulgar like anti-capitalism is manifested through wanker banker and yeah. like against mainly against finance capital. Yeah, like that might have been one of the that was one of the angles of Corbynism was, that it was finance capital that was uniquely bad because he's you know? doing that thing of like unless it's exactly what I say it is it doesn't exist. So in his head, it's like if it's not a man with a top hat and a monocle walking through Wigan town having <laughs> yeah. having like rotten vegetables thrown at him, then it just means the working class oh. love them. You know, ne- never mind um, the areas that are not gentrified but completely left behind mm-hmm. and have no services at all (laughs) it's like it's not it's not too much of a step for people to realize that lack of services is a result of having more billionaires yeah Mm -hmm. and they express that um yeah next we have nick cohen Mm -hmm. ah good old nick uh uh, (laughs) no european friendly nickname because he's got his fingers in so many pies of stories pies Mm. pies yes (laughs) (laughs) No European post-communist party is (laughs) anti-EU. All know that international capitalism needs international organisations to regulate it. (laughs) What? The exception is the communist wing of the British far left, whose belief in British exceptionalism is as deluded as Johnson's or Farage's. I mean, he might need to explain, like, post-communist left means basically, what is your centre-left party? What is your party that used to be the communist party? Aside from anything, like, aside from it being more delicate and weird than that the histories of each country's part like left post communist parties are weird um melanchon in france podemos in spain uh left block in portugal five star in italy again whether that's yeah, post communist party it kind of is but kind of isn't all of them are explicitly anti-eu yeah he's talking out of his ass oh yeah i think maybe he's trying to suggest that on marsh is uh is left <laughs> yeah, yeah i would imagine it's that kind of goof up with uh, nick cohen yeah <laughs> 
Um, Adam Bolton. Uh, this was after Corbyn quoted Pablo Neruda at the end of his uh, election <laughs> opening speech, his manifesto launch, sorry. Yeah. Uh, saying, you can cut all the flowers, but you cannot keep spring from coming. He said, sounds good, but isn't it total gobbledygook? <laughs> Somebody said, no, it, Adam, it's a metaphor. It is not presented as such, and it isn't a very good one, because it lacks logical consistency. It is merely a sentimental misassociation. Harvesting does not stop spring. <laughs> Yes, that, is, that is that is exactly uh, a David Brent at the end of an episode of The Office uh, yes. dissecting uh, Bombs Fall on Slough. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, Don't think you uh, solve things by throwing bombs on them. I think in, when he tweeted that, didn't he later on, like, he's got his degrees in English literature. I, be- I like, can't remember whether it's honorary or actual, but he does have some kind of MA in yeah. English literature. Um. I just, oh, I just love it. Just like the idea of just like endless papers criticizing. It's like none of this makes sense at all. <laughs> this doesn't look like anything to me. <laughs> <laughs> Stupid poems. <laughs> Fucking eight poems. Uh, we have next Theodora Dickinson, who is a conservative political communications and social oh, media consultant. Someone on £80,000 is already paying £25,000 a year on tax. Corbyn wants them to pay £78,000 in tax, mm-hmm. so their take-home pay would be £2,000 a year. Am I the only one who thinks this might not work? No, break there. you're not the only one who thinks <laughs> this might not work. <laughs> how did she get to that? Oh, because she'd forgotten about, um, about how tax bans work. Well, it's how, um, they they how, how think, yeah. um, marginal rates of tax work, yeah. that you only pay um, 80% on the amount over yeah. a certain amount, <laughs> rather than on the whole amount. Yeah. But, like, there's a bit of... Weirdness, because this comes up every single time people yeah. talk about tax, and yeah. I'm on these kind of lists. I'm always like, should I really put on like some no name account? Yeah. Like because everybody's stupid all the time yeah. on Twitter. It don't matter. But no, she's an actual like employed person. Now mm-hmm. you could say, oh, is she doing it just to kind of put it out there and kind of trying to scramble all the messaging around taxation? And yeah. it's like, no, she kind of doubled down on it. Yeah. If if she was if she was putting it on if she actually does understand marginal tax rates she was doing a very good job of pretending she didn't <laughs> like there's no I just I don't know how someone could commit themselves that that heavily to that. Um, next we have Austin Darbo. He is head of editorial at Apple Music. Oh, I mean that's that's like a pro wrestler name though. Yeah, that, that is actually that's a post two thousand tens WWE the name. That's like a that's a Star Wars alien. Yeah, true. Name. True. The deadly um, Darbo. <laughs> Imagine someone in a developing country reading through the British Twitter timeline of people on 18k <laughs> a year saying that they are poor. You can't survive on 1400 a month? That's six months' salary for me. Poor money management. The average monthly salary after tax in places like Vietnam and Kenya is less than £300. They all have the same bills to pay and children to feed <laughs> as British workers on 18k. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. See if house you can rent, sp- house rents in Vietnam very similar yeah. to those in London. See if you can spot the really big problem with what you just <laughs> said there. <laughs> I was on 18k for a long time, and it was very nearly impossible to make ends meet. Yeah, you know, you're saying like 1300. Uh, you, you can't survive on 1300. Like my uh, my my mandatory expenses to not lose my home and my electricity is like 1200. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, next, we have Stephen Fielding, professor of political history at Nottingham. Oh, it's going to be good. It seems that for some on the left, Gramsci has acquired the status of a secular saint. 
He gave birth to some interesting concepts that have inspired many scintillating academic articles, but where is the concrete political outcome? It's like, I mean, A, he was in prison for like 20 years. Yeah. That literally killed him. He was in prison by fascists. Secondly, like, not to go into it too deeply, he did found the political party, the Communist Party of Italy, which was a huge party through most of the 20th century. And all of his ideas form the basis of literally every political current <laughs> currently here, other than like maybe really, really strict Stalinism. Is this the guy who said, um, like you know, he died, he died in a prison? So yeah, he, he died of failure because yeah. he was imprisoned by Mussolini. Yeah. He died, he died of failure. So why should we listen to him? They specifically oh, yeah, should have thought of that. <laughs> the judge, when they were imprisoning him, specifically said, "We must stop this brain from functioning for twenty years." <laughs> And they did. They like it killed him. They yeah. In prison. Yeah. But it's like no, his influence is fucking enormous. Mm. Like as big as Marx on in terms of like political parties and how yeah. they view like how political struggle is to be undertaken. Mm. It's fucking ridiculous. Anyway, uh, next we have Hugh Edward Hugh Edwards. Um, when he was confronted with the idea that people saw for themselves how the BBC performed during the election their heavy bias and such with your academic and other analyses how does an organization direct thousands of its staff to work in unison to back one political cause i know you need to tell yourself this stuff but it's risable to be fair in an organization people just do what they want that's why factories have never worked <laughs> that's, the, that's the thing that it's blows like, so my mind you, about so this. what did you do today at the hoover factory i made a car <laughs> i made a car out of cardboard boxes that's, the thing that that's why i can't work like, in a factory to be fair. how do you think Anything that little boy was done. Boris Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Is How do you think anything gets done? Yeah. Ever? Yeah. Aside from the fact that the BBC obviously has a load of people working towards one end. If you don't want to call it a political cause, fine. An end. Also, it produces he something. Most of his career, most of his like on-screen TV work is him reading from a fucking teleprompter that he didn't write. He didn't write that thing <laughs> that's telling him what to say. Well, no, that There's would be... one way they make you do stuff. Hugh, he doesn't read from a teleprompter. That would be two people working together in concert. <laughs> as we know, it's risable. Yeah. Risable? So risable. he sits there and he makes up the news on his own. <laughs> while, the tele- <laughs> while the teleprompter man is literally writing a novel and making him, trying to get him to read it. That's what, that's what the day-to-day revealed. That's how it actually works. This is the news! Because he gets surprised. Yeah. <laughs> uh, finally, we have James Bloodworth. Oh, the best for last, huh? Uh, yeah. He's a principled anti-fascist. Why did a rundown mining town become a safe labour seat? Before the Brexit vote, I visited Rugeley in the West Midlands. So did he, did he just say he did and then write in a phonetic way? No, he absolutely did. He went down around the working men's clubs. He yeah. went down talked to all of these ex-miners, all yeah. of these people who should have been voting Labour. Mm-hmm. Except, of course, if he'd actually looked at how they'd voted, they hadn't. It was Tory from 83 to 90, mm-hmm. Labour for two years, then Tory from 1992 to 97, then Labour to 2010, and it's been Tory ever since. <laughs> it's not a safe Labour seat, you dickhead. No. Fucking stupid. He's, a, he's like another one of the, the gang of idiots who, the, the um, they're, they're ex-mining towns, they're all ex-mining towns, all these places are ex-mining towns, even though, you know, no one's worked to mine coal in those places for... <laughs> you would have like, to be in your 70s to have been down the coal mines as an adult. Yeah. Like, yeah. So stupid. And that's, uh, that's the most stupid, historically inaccurate takes of the hmm. year. Um, yeah. That's hard. Spicy. There's a lot of spicy ones. Mm. Mm. Um, Paul Embry denying that the British ever just... That, yeah, that is a great one. That's a good one. Um... There's a lot of... um, There's a lot of takes. I'm thinking, like, 
Bolton, Hilton, and Dickinson in particular, these three, they, they're either three people being um, like willfully, willfully saying the wrong thing. Mm -hmm. But like, why would you do that? Because it makes all of you just look like a total idiot. Yeah. So like, it doesn't, I don't know. It's, it's like, you're really telling on yourself if you are trying to trying to push these wrong answers. Yeah. I, mean, it's, it's, so I think you have to be stupid. It has been the yeah. year where you're, the political outcome you want to see, depend, like defending your political status quo or whatever, yeah. is way more important than making any sense. Oh, gotcha. I mean, it's a, it's a full like reality collapse kind well, of situation a, that we're in now. A good example now would be um, Paul Mason's timeline. I'm surprised Paul Mason didn't appear on this. Um, I imagine it might appear later on. Yeah, I didn't because um, he was. It's really he, 2020 that he's kicked off again. Yeah, his, he, um, he his was stuff not... with Keir Starmer, like in the last couple of days, has been just moi for just what is this based on, Paul? I mean, Other he, than I think I did have a, I did have a couple of things, but like mostly all of his stuff is pivoting against someone, and it yeah. always has like an element of not truth, but mm. like yeah, I could see how you see it that way. It's not out and out stupidity. It's just. The way that he presents it is so aggressive and so certain that when you look into it, it just it's just meaningless. Yesterday, he congratulated Keir Starmer on saying that he wouldn't, you know, be in the sun, and then hours later, he was in the sun. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, I think I think personally, my um, favorite is the James Ball one. It's not as you know. Um, uh, dangerous or the Luke Akehurst one about um, Malaya. Oh, is Akehurst is really, yeah, that's well, pretty spectacular. Is, I don't think that's like stupid. I think I think he genuinely thinks that it's okay to put um, yeah. communists in death camps. Uh huh, hundred yeah. percent. I think like you know, he's, yeah. he's a piece of shit. Whereas I think Embry doesn't think that. I think he might think actually no, he can't think that the British are good. Embry's pretty much a fascist in all that name. Yes. Yeah, yeah, he probably yeah. he will definitely feature later on. Yeah, um, a lot. Actually, I think Ball then. Ball is the stupidest one because he says something. He does his thing and he says something stupid. And he says, and oh, I don't even like it. And then he, yeah, <laughs> yeah, he caps after... it off with saying that the, the, all this breath that I spent on this just actually had no meaning at all. Yeah, yeah, like, and also he doesn't start, like, if he's in an argument and saying how sick he is of people having a go at him, he waits for people to have a go at him and exhaust themselves and then says, actually, I don't even believe it. Yeah. It's like, you could have just said that at the beginning and no, like, everyone would have just laughed at you and moved on. But yeah. no, you had to keep arguing it. James Ball enters Pokemon tournaments with legendary Pokemon. Oh, he definitely does. That is a cut. He definitely does. A, so. That is a hot take there. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, Ball gets my vote. Ball. Yeah, uh, Ball is up there. I think. Uh, I I think Ball is up there for me with uh, Bolton misunderstanding poetry, and Ooh, that um, is good. Steyer on Marx, I really got a soft yeah. spot for that. Like, why didn't Marx think of uh, the iTunes marketplace? <laughs> <laughs> why didn't he make an app for his shirts? <laughs> why didn't he disrupt the industry? <laughs> it's just every year there's a take like that. You know, yeah. every year there's a specifically one about Marx not seeing technology. Well, yeah. I mean, that, <laughs> you know, the flip side of that is also uh, Elon Musk's wonderful uh, Marx loved capitalism. He wrote a book about it. <laughs> It's the same way that Tony Blair wrote a book on socialism. Yeah. <laughs> You've always oh. got to be able to identify with your hero. <laughs> so are we saying? Uh, I oh. personally ball. But... Actually, I think I think I'm gonna. Have to, I think it should be tied actually between um, between the bollock and Bolton not understanding poetry. Yeah, sure. It's both both very similar cultures. Bolton is very very funny. Yeah. I think yeah. Ball and Bolton. Oh, that war has made me blue.